0: This episode of the How a Business is brought to you by Zbrand, the all-in-one branding generator for jump-starting your small business. With its AI-based algorithm, Zbrand creates marketing essentials that are uniquely tailored for your business. By following easy steps and answering a few questions, you can get a variety of brand assets like logos, fonts, and website templates, all pre-designed by Zbrand. Setting up your brand with Zbrand only takes five minutes and you'll have instant access to your assets to start showcasing your brand today. Get the effective brand your business deserves without investing too much time and money so you can focus on growing your business. It's easy, it's quick, and it's free to get started. To learn more about Zbrand, visit zbranding.com or text biz, B-I-Z, to 31996, and I will reply with the link to the free Zbrand Starter Guide.
1: Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you
0: start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. My guest today is Jonathan Katz. John, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thank you, Henry. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I look forward to talking about this. Uh, John uh, developed a product that we're going to talk about called the Blendy, and so we're going to Have him share with us how he went from idea to product, as well as his entrepreneurial journey as a young person. uh, He's done a heck of a lot, more than most people two or three times his age, so it's very impressive. And so I'm excited to have him share that with us. If you want to receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page for this episode, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996, and I'll reply with the link. So Jonathan Katz, he goes by John, but Jonathan is a young entrepreneur and the inventor of the blendy. And the blendy is a cordless personal blender that provides the convenience of having your water bottle and your blender all in one. And we'll describe it a little bit more in detail here, but he came up with the idea for the blendy when he decided he didn't want to take another drink from a clumpy protein shake at the gym. And for, He's a bodybuilder for, for any of us who have dr- had protein shakes or any other kind of smoothies. We know what he's talking about there. So he launched the Blendy during his freshman year in college in 2016. So we're going to chat about that experience. Jonathan lives in the Boston, Massachusetts Massachusetts area. I always have a problem with that, with that word. In the Boston area, everybody knows where that is. And so once again, Jonathan Katz, welcome to the show.
1: Yes, thank you. That was a, a great introduction. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: All right, John. So let's get right into it. T- tell me a little bit more. I touched on it, but tell me about what is it that led yeah. to the idea for the blending?
1: Yeah, sure. So I was I was in the gym as one good bodybuilder you know is doing, and I was shaking up my after protein after workout protein shake in my shaker bottle. And, um, after you shake it up, you know, sometimes it does depend on the protein, but for most of the time, when you go to drink it, it's a, this clumpy experience as you, as you said. And I was just so fed up after a hard workout one day with this, that I decided to go back to my dorm and brainstorm, you know, what, what could solve this problem. And I, I thought that I, I want my hand, like my blender at home to be in the palm of my hands at the gym. So I kind of came up with a a bottle, taking the shaker bottle, right? But then cutting out the bottom and thinking about, okay, could we stir something on the bottom to then have blades to spin? And that's basically what I drew in Microsoft Paint in April of 2016, my freshman year. And then I said, okay, what's the next step? And uh, I wasn't too serious at the time with it. It was kind of just an idea, a brainstorming session. And I figured I needed an engineer as someone who is mainly health orientated with zero business or engineering experience. You need an engineer to design this for you. So I went on Upwork, which is a great site uh, for freelance, anything pretty much found an engineer to draw me CAD drawings, which are 3d virtual drawings of what the product would look like. And that's pretty much how it started. And, um, then I can kind of go into the next step, but, uh, yeah, that's yeah, we'll, we'll how, yeah. take
0: it step by step. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. At the time, I'm assuming you searched to see, to see if there was anything like that on the market and you didn't find anything. Right.
1: Yeah. So I did. And I, I found this, uh, thing called a pro mix, which is, it was a similar idea, but it was, um, it was plastic stirrers and I had actually bought it within a week, uh, used it for a week and then it broke. Uh, within a week (laughs) so it was a it it was 40 bucks and it was a bad experience even with that one and then i realized as well that you know i wanted to blend up protein but i also thought that if we're going to do if we're going to make a handheld portable blender we're going to make it so they can blend you know everything that a blender at home can do Mm -hmm. yeah so
0: so we will start describing it as we go but obviously it's a rechargeable battery that's contained within this unit is that correct yes
1: yeah, so you we're not wasting any uh, double or triple A batteries on your end. It's a completely rechargeable. We give you the USB cord and everything.
0: Right, and so what dawned on me is obvious as you were describing it is that that way, if you've sat it down at the gym during your workout, you can re-blend, right, so so that yeah. it doesn't coagulate or start to to get whatever the little little bubbles yeah. that that build up in there. So you can quickly pulse it, I suspect, yeah, and mix it back up. Is that right?
1: That's correct and and you know it's it's a it's an advantage over say a neutral bullet or a you know a ninja because a lot of people do pre-blend bring it on the road and then you'll see that it actually separates right mm-hmm. and so the ability to have a blendy which can blend anywhere and not just at home with a cord allows you to keep it fresh you know for lack of a better term and and keep it fully uh mixed
0: yeah furthermore i, I would think you might keep it in your gym bag along with the mix and, and yeah. not have to have taken the time or remembered to get it done before you got to the gym. So I love that yeah. potential of it as well. All right, so you graduated from college in 2019 with a, with uh, marketing and entrepreneurship. Is that what you initially went into college to study? No. <laughs> that's, because you, that's, you mentioned the, the yeah. physical fitness and so forth. So I yeah. suspect there was a pivot there at some point.
1: Yeah, huge pivot. Uh, I, I was studying going into Springfield College to be a physical therapist. That was the goal, and uh, trying to make money on on doing what I loved, which is fitness, right? And then I had the idea in April, and I said, you know what? I've I had I was running an eBay business at the time, you know, selling some some things. So always kind of a, had a hustle mentality, and I figured, you know, this might be. Uh, I saw the kind of writing on the wall of my family who were all in business. I said, all right, let's let's switch the business. Let's see what it can offer. And it was one of the best decisions of
0: my life. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. So, so we'll, we'll we're going to talk about the details of the story of developing the blendy, but currently you're working as a financial advisor in, in a mm. full-time capacity. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: My other passion. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah. is that kind of, as you're also trying to take the blendy to the next level on the side, is that what you're doing?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I have an interesting approach, I guess, to my, my early life and that's kind of test out what everything has to offer, you know, and um, that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm exploring two passions of mine, which is now entrepreneurship and and finance as well. And I'm seeing which one I really love doing. And if I can build Blendy on the side, which I can and fund it with money I make from financial advising until it gets to the point where it can take off, then, you know, I will do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll break that down a bit more here in a moment. One thing I'm always curious, you know, at this point, you've had some early success. You're focused on entrepreneurship. What what do you think have been a couple of your characteristics, personal characteristics that have led to that success?
1: Yeah, I love this question. Uh, So I I would say two, you know, personal characteristics would be being resourceful and having a persistence uh, to it. And what I mean by being resourceful is that as in college, you probably – would understand that you're pretty you're almost broke you know you have very little money and for me to have done everything that I had done I had to be very resourceful and I didn't necessarily have the resources but I was resourceful in how I acquired you know the the different steps in the process how to get a prototype with very limited money how to how to use you know the college programs to a certain advantage or to your advantage right and so I was I was very keen on doing it, spending the, the least money possible. And then persistence is, I, I think that that was another big one because I always have in my mind to at least do, you know, you could be having a really bad day or you could be having maybe even a week where you're just kind of feeling out of it. But I felt as if though, if I did one thing a day, whether it's sending an email to someone or brainstorming a new idea for Blundie or the business that I was at least keeping it in my mind and I was at least getting one step closer, one action closer to the end goal, you know? Mm -hmm. And so having that persistence in mind was key and it still is.
0: Yeah. And I love how you break it down because I think that's what can happen to everybody in starting a business in particular is if it can be overwhelming if you focus on everything that has to get done, right?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Especially when you have a long to do list. It's it's important to just get some, some easy things off the list, cross them off physically, you know, and you start gaining some momentum.
0: That's, that's something that I find it for a lot of people, they have to learn that characteristic, mm-hmm. that, that trait. Is that something you think you had from early on? Or was it modeled for you? Or how do you think you developed that?
1: Yeah, I suppose so. I was doing a lot in college. I was an RA. I was working at least two or three, you know, jobs and doing blendies. So, I figured pretty much by junior year, when when everything started kind of caving in on me, I started writing little sticky notes with things I had to do during the day, and I got this tremendous satisfaction from just crossing them off and then throwing the sticky note away, saying you had done everything, you know. And so, it just kind of, it, it built this cycle of of doing that. And now I have a giant whiteboard in which, I I do the same thing. It's awesome.
0: Which is great. That's a great technique. However, the challenge with it, John, sometimes is that, you you then are overwhelmed by trying to do it all. How do yeah. you prioritize what has to get done versus what can wait or what you can delegate?
1: Yeah, uh, I think when you are using, you know, what I've done so far. Is what if you're using a whiteboard? Let's say you know you have different markers. So black could be something that doesn't need immediate attention, but red is something I need to, needs immediate attention. So I like to I like to do the the toughest things in the morning. So I usually do the the reds in the morning by preparing the night before, right? So I set up my list for the next day, get the reds done in the morning, and then by the end of the day when I'm a little bit tired, then I get the blacks done. You know,
0: mm-hmm. the black to do list. Yeah yeah I love that great simple technique, but it's effective for you, yeah, all right. Let's start to break it down. The idea we we know where the idea came from. I'm curious as to initially how did you validate that there might be a market for it, or did you, or did you just yeah. assume if I want this, others will want it? <laughs> Tell me about that,
1: yeah, so I think you know every entrepreneur who has an idea always is always is hoping that their idea would be would be big because they like it, but unfortunately, that's not always the case so I was actually forced to do this in my sophomore year when I joined a, a program called Three Day Startup. And it's, it's a program for college kids. And they basically have you go out and do 100 consumer or potential customer interviews. So me and this, and this partner that I had at the time, uh, we went to the, the mall. And it was incredibly uh, hard and challenging to even approach someone you know, with these 3D CAD drawings I had. And just say, hey, can I ask you a question? And I, I disguised it as a school project, which it kind of was. Sure. Um, and that—that's what actually helped, I think, because it's—it is kind of, in, you know, weird, I suppose, some stranger coming up and asking questions. But once you get over that fear and you ask people, they give you really good information. And I learned a lot of things that day. You know, price point, features to include or not to include. You know, what they would use it for. Right. And you can even do this kind of on a, a a lazier uh basis you can make a google you know uh questionnaire and send it to people even on facebook right and that's kind of an uh easy way to do it from your home your couch let's say and then you can you can gain a lot of info by by doing that
0: yeah one of the things I find is challenging though with those types of surveys whether you, you do it in person like you did at the mall or or through a technology is that the people tend to tell you what they think you want to hear. In other words, they'll answer it differently than how they will actually behave. So that's often why we do a prototype. So, so did you do that? Did you do a prototype?
1: Yes, many. <laughs> okay. So, so we after at the end of three day startup, we actually did have a prototype, and I didn't I didn't go around yet with that one, but I had another one that I that I made with um, a with actually two groups of engineers from UMass during my junior year. And I took that to, by then I had, I hadn't put in that much money. I'd have been, I'd put in about a thousand dollars, I would say. And I had taken that to this conference called the Grinspoon conference. And at that, at that point I had a questionnaire um, at the table, my demo booth with, with the actual product in hand saying, this is what it would basically look like. This is how it works. Would you buy one? Pretty, pretty blunt, you know?
0: Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, which is great because now they could touch it, hold it more or less. You know, it's not good what the finished product is going to look like, but they could better give you, I think, feedback on whether they would use this and how they would use it, right? Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Did you make any kind of major adjustments as a result of that feedback?
1: I I did. So I I, I basically left out a lot of features that that people didn't really want. You know, so we, we always have um, things in our mind. You know, to be perfectionists, right? And I had all these different features laid out with different speeds, yada, yada, right? And I, I basically cut out a lot of the fluff and, and pretty much I wanted to make this product not bare bones, let's say, but I wanted to get it out pretty fast and I wanted to have a, a, a minimal viable product, right? And we can always add on iterations later if it's successful.
0: Yeah, such, such a great observation and such a yeah. learning point because that is the main mistake that we all make. We, we think it needs to have all these features because we think they're cool. Yeah, but, um, you know, it may not matter. Yeah. All right. So, uh, then when did, how did you get to the first manufacturing run of, of, of the, you know, the, at least the first version that MVP yeah. one of the product?
1: Yeah. So we were sitting at 2018. So almost two full years, um, past when I had the first prototype done, uh, or at least the original, you know, um, drawings of it right and so i had cad drawings from the two university of massachusetts um, engineering teams and i basically just by doing a google search quite honestly found manufacturers overseas that made blenders and surprisingly enough the only thing that really needed to be done was creating the exterior of the blendy right a lot of the parts are already in existence and um, i basically you know, we, we came up with a deal with the manufacturer to to have these parts that they already had and then build what the outside would look like. And then we could sell that. So mm-hmm. the inner workings were already pretty much there. It was just about con- building the housing around it.
0: So where was this manufacturer located?
1: Uh, this is actually in China. It was it was I've tried U.S. manufacturers and they were quoting me about $70 per unit, which is pretty high.
0: Sure, and yeah. were all of your interactions with this manufacturer I'm assuming remote, or did you you didn't travel yeah. to China, did you?
1: No that I mean that was the beauty of it, right? Is that we can we can do this all over all over email and I had tested a lot of different um, manufacturers out, quite honestly, and some sometimes their English is good and sometimes it's not and I found and so it's sometimes it's it's almost bad how bad or poor their English can be. But I found one that could speak you know, pretty good English, or speak English pretty well, and um, and that was pretty much how how I went about. You know, it was e- the easier to communicate, the the easier and better your product comes out, sure. right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so
1: that that's a huge point I think in terms of the manufacturing process is being able to communicate your ideas effectively.
0: This is Henry Lopez with a brief break from this episode to introduce you to our new sponsor. Zbrand. Zbrand is the all-in-one branding platform to help you jumpstart your small business. You know you need a clear and effective brand for your small business, but you also know you don't have the budget to hire an expensive designer or marketing agency. What you need are the essential components of a brand and a way to effectively communicate your brand to your partners, staff, and customers. But you may not even know where to start with your brand colors. With ZBrand, you can realize your brand vision, and then you can consistently communicate that brand vision to help you grow your business. By asking some simple questions about your business, ZBrand's artificial intelligence based algorithm creates a uniquely tailored brand toolkit full of essential marketing pieces that reflect your vision from logos, fonts, and colors to website templates and social media icons. You get the effective brand your business deserves. Without investing too much time and money, so you can focus on growing your business. To learn more about ZBrand, visit zbranding.com or text biz to 31996, and I will reply with a link to the free ZBrand Starter Guide. All right, so what did that cost you? What was their minimum run? What you know, kind of give me some of the yeah. general uh, what we're talking about here. How many did you have to have manufactured for that first production run?
1: Yeah, so they, I, I, actually, I did some negotiation with them, and they they originally said, okay, we'll do a thousand as a as a minimum order quantity, and I said, oh, can we can we get it down a little bit? And we got it down to three hundred, which I couldn't believe. Wow. Yeah, and so the first run was three hundred. And I remember getting them into my uh, into my dorm, actually. So my col they came into my college, and like my- it was a- it was the middle of the summer, and uh, I was okay, saying You had them
0: delivered comp- to your dorm?
1: Yeah, yeah. How is and that I- even
0: physically possible?
1: <laughs> I don't. Know. So I, I th- the mail room basically. They oh, were okay. too big for the mail room, and they left them out on the basically on the porch. You know, nice. the mail room. Nice. Yeah, and I came and I was like, you guys. I can't do this. I'm like, you should, you know, so I picked them up in my car and they just barely fit in my car. I have an SUV. And then I had to manually pack them into my dorm, which was just a mess.
0: <laughs> did you have a roommate?
1: I did. Yeah. Are we sure? took, We it was the summer, thank gosh. And we were in a, an apartment oh, style. So we took, it took up one room, okay. one full room. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So where did you come up with the money to pay for that?
1: Yeah, that was, it was about saving and it was about just hustling. So I've always been trying to, you know, buy and sell items. Right. And I I remember that summer I was buying like Xboxes for $200 and then reselling them for 300 just to make a couple hundred bucks. So doing that, you know, and we also launched a small Indiegogo campaign. We raised a couple thousand and then plus whatever money I had in the bank was just enough for that, that first run.
0: Amazing. And so you yeah. keep saying we, do you have a partner in this? Um, I,
1: So I, I've had sparing partners. Over, I always love including people, but I've had, you know, engineers that I've worked with, I've had interns actually at UMass I worked with, but a lot of, a lot of people have helped me through the journey. So mm-hmm. yeah. And
0: as far as the, the equity and in, in the business, it's, it's all you right yeah. now? Okay.
1: So far. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Interesting. Yeah. All right. So, so what happened with those 300 units?
1: So they sold out fairly quickly.
0: How um, did you sell them?
1: Yeah. So a part of the Indiegogo campaign was, you know, obviously pledging to these people. And I had done a, a lot of uh, basically hyping up of the product on my own end, my own personal account, social media. And um, a lot of people were interested to buy one. And I had such a, you know, I had such a great uh, crowd at, at Springfield College to support me in terms of, you know, teachers and, and the community. So a lot of people bought them over time as well and then finally I had actually a very big breakthrough and I was featured on touch of modern which is a mostly uh, male site for innovative products and uh, we sold 200 units in about four days and that was uh, it was amazing to just see all
0: right so how long did it take you to get through the 300 units then trying to keep the timeline and yeah so
1: that was about three or four months. Okay.
0: Did you yeah. make money on it? Did you price it such that you made some money on it?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah. So we we're, we were operating a pretty healthy margin. Um, we were getting them from about under the $20 price mark and we were selling them for about $49.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So, so what was the big lesson from that run? What, what did you take out of it the most that, that made you maybe pivot or adjust? Tell me yeah. about that.
1: Yeah, so I learned that partnerships are a big part of the entrepreneurial process, especially for smaller, lesser known startups. And if you can partner with a brand that is already doing, you know, already has the established audience and they can somehow, they can, you know, work with them and selling your product and they get a gain from it, then that's the best possible scenario for, mm-hmm. you know, without, and and this to me didn't cost any money to be on Touch of Modern. It was just purely, they get a commission of each product they sell. Right. So it was a win-win opportunity. So if you can establish these win-wins with these partners and brands, then that's awesome.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, did you adjust the product or is it still essentially that same product?
1: Yeah, still the same product. We, we've We've had good feedback on it and it was a good run and and we're still pretty you know we're, we're we're about a year and a half into it right now so we are looking to make another product soon but i, I want to first go with some adjacent complementary products first sure.
0: yeah so you you've ordered subsequent runs then yeah of the product is that right
1: oh yes yeah
0: how many units more or less can you share uh, as to have been sold is that something you share
1: yeah, so that we're sitting a little bit over a little less under 1500, which is not bad.
0: Okay. Yeah. And where can people buy it now? Do you sell it retail or are you still only doing the wholesale?
1: Yeah, retail. We are doing a little, some stores. Uh, we've been doing some wholesale as well. And we just got into a distributor, which is awesome. And um, now we're, you know, we mainly sell through e commerce and, and our own website, so which is blendyblender.com.
0: The retail placement, tell me a little bit about that, because that often is a is a big challenge, right? To get any kind of shelf yeah. space. So tell me about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, shelf space is tough. So what I've discovered is that distributors, people, so distributors are basically companies that then sell to individual retail stores. That's how you get into you know, that's how you get into the big product uh, runs and sales, right? Whereas the retail stores, maybe they'll buy 10, 20, but the distributors will buy thousands and then they sell to the individual retail stores. That's how you, you can get into a lot. And I just figured that out within the last
0: couple months. So you've signed up with a distributor uh, yes. here recently. What, did, what do you think was that, that you did that got them um, to believe in you and, and mm-hmm. to sign you up?
1: Yeah, so I actually spoke with a buyer of a, um, of a supermarket chain. And then the buyer said, well, we actually run through a distributor called you know, X. And, and I, then I went to X and I found the person who is responsible for that product line. And it was general merchandise. And then I said, hey, you know, so-and-so referred me to you saying that they go through this. They would like to purchase you know, this many units, but they go through you guys. So how can we establish something?
0: Did they, did you have to convince them that you could actually produce enough of this stuff? No, actually. <laughs> Do you have any kind yeah. of exclusive with them or any, uh, for any length of time or could they? No. Buy okay.
1: No, not as, not as of right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, it's hard to negotiate that, right? Without having yes. the, the position in the market. So related yeah. to that, and you touched on it, you know, there obviously when you've got something hot, people are going to copy yeah. it. So how have you been defending against that or how do you even think about somebody coming out with a copycat product?
1: You know, what I've, what I've seen uh, learning from others is that brand awareness is the best way to kind of defend it. It's, it's tough when you're a small startup to defend a patent because you need about hundred to $200,000 to even, you know, engage in the, in the process and then that's drawn out, right? So right. It's, it's almost a lose-lose a lot of the time. And, uh, you know, it's, so it's basically just saying, Hey, this is a story. This is true. We have the evidence to back it up. And this is what's going on with the competitors, you know, just understand who we are, the story and you'll see that we're, you know, one of the, one of the originals.
0: So you've, you've got to continue to build that brand. So people hopefully continue to associate you with the original and the best, Yeah. but it's also got to be, I guess, to some extent, get to market as fast as possible. Is Is that part of the strategy?
1: Yeah. I mean, for at least in my eyes, it was part of the strategy. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Um, you, you've talked about, uh, or when in you're in doing a research, how you yeah. would also use as part of the resourcefulness using free media outlets to get exposure, especially yeah. early on. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's probably one of the, one of the biggest tips I can give is if, you know, let's say you've created something or you have a, a small business and small businesses right now are hot because of unfortunately what the, the you know, pandemic we're in. And um, if you can come up with a, a good story and a good hook for a media news site to run, then these people, these editors or writers, they're, they're looking for stories all the time. It's about you, you know, finding the email first of this person, finding the contact number. And then kind of pitching yourself and your business to them. And then, you know, hopefully they'll write something about you. And if they don't respond, which sometimes they don't, then you just, it's like a sales cycle. You have to just keep going through it, keep sending them emails, but don't be too pushy, you know, just be respectful and, and keep harping upon the point of what you provide and and the storyline.
0: What was it about your story? Do you think that appealed to some of these media outlets?
1: I think it was the fact that I was still in college, and I created this and gone through the whole process for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those definitely had a, an interest to their audience uh, because it's interesting to everybody. So that that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and Great. and just to to um, you know build upon that point, expand upon it. Once I was featured in Mass Live, which is a, a Western Mass pretty big news outlet, the credibility of Blendy was pretty was a lot. I mean, I had retailers reaching out. I had a lot of people reaching out, so it establishes credibility.
0: Of course. Yeah. And you get that traction and it, it tends to snowball, of course. Yeah. As well. Wonderful. So you mentioned the three day startup program that you were part of, and then yeah. uh, you've been part of other uh, accelerator programs and particularly the Valley Venture Mentors, I believe. Yeah. So tell me about that experience and, and your thoughts on those types of programs. Obviously, it helped tremendously, but what, yeah. what, what's your advice to people on those types of programs?
1: You know, th- those are probably the best you can be a part of. A lot of them are tough to get into, um, but once you're a part of it, it's it's the most, you know, it, it's humbling, it's m- motivational, and it's it's business, you know, building, basically. Because you're in these accelerators, and, and they push you pretty hard. It's, it's almost like a job, you know, they, they treat it like that. Because they, they take it seriously. And once you see how seriously they, you, they take it, you take it seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I learned so much from different people. And I, I was motivated throughout the whole process. And it was about a three to four month accelerator. And it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, so what's next for Blendy? Where, where are, you? are you? Are you looking for additional funding? Uh, how, what's next?
1: yeah so we're actually I've been trying to build up the team um, at, because it's getting a little bit much for one person and I thought that multiple people could with, with defined roles could really help expand this you know on an equity basis and that's another thing which is tough is to build out the team on an equity basis. Um, so and, you
0: are looking to bring in equity partners now to help you yeah. build this
1: yeah equity partners to help you know work with me as a team but also equity partners in terms of seed investing as well
0: okay i see yeah. so that'll be part of how you fund the next phase yeah correct yeah okay okay um so uh, you know we we've touched on it but is there anything we left out about the product describing the product uh, is there anything you you want to say additionally about what it does
1: yeah it's it, so it, it, in case you don't you know the listeners don't know it, it's one of the only portable blenders right now to truly be able to to crush ice function as a water bottle even we have a detachable base and it's the top i built specifically so that you can you don't have to unscrew it you can just flip it open and drink right from it and that's one of the only ones too
0: so portably i could blend and then disconnect the 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 blade motor parts and put that in my gym bag and now i have my bottle to drink my protein whatever mix yeah yeah, and it and it won't blend
1: in your bag because there's a magnetic uh, safety feature which locks ah, it. That's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> yes, yeah. That. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that could
0: be a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so when when someone comes to you now and says, "Hey, I've got an idea for a product." Yeah. What advice do you usually share, especially like where to start? What what do you what do you share as advice on that? So I, I, you know, I didn't even really know how to start it.
1: I kind of just hit the ground running. And I would say that's probably the best advice is to just do something immediately, whether you think it's good or not. You just, whatever is your first intuition to, you know, to build it, start doing it. And then to expand upon that, take it seriously and and kind of have a vision as to what you could see this becoming, because that helps fuel and motivate you to actually work on it.
0: Yeah, because, it, because that helps with, you know, I, de- I like to th- say ideas are cheap, right? Yes. Relatively speaking. But it's the people who actually take some action to see if this really could be something that, that find out, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the other thing that you touched earlier on is the approach of taking an MVP, a minimum viable product approach. That, that's something I suspect you recommend as well.
1: Yeah. And, and you won't get to that probably for a while if it's a product, you know, but if it's a service, that's totally different.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Looking back, what else do you think you would have done differently in those early stages?
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to, to have knowledge, you know, what you know now versus what you didn't know. But I would say probably expanding earlier into a distribution like contract with a big, you know, retailer, um, and probably also engaging in more partnerships for sure.
0: Because that would have accelerated getting the product out there. 100%. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Makes sense.
0: And so, what, what's next for you? What's next for, for you and Blendy? I mean, I asked you about the funding yeah. and bringing in the, the partners. Is, is that what you're focused on next?
1: Yeah. Focus on that as well. Yeah. And then also, we're, we're, we're expanding hopefully into an adjacent product, a complementary product, such as a, a powder and uh, hopefully a fruit powder. And what that would do is, you know, I, I, as a business person, I learned a a kind of a tough lesson in that the blendy is a, has a lifetime value for a customer of one, you know, I'm only going to get one sale, right. Sure. sure. And maybe two as a gift, but uh, I I wanted a product that you could have a subscription base, or you could have at least people rebuying and purchasing. And that's that's the key to a lot of businesses.
0: I love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, great. All right. Thanks. Thanks for sharing all of those yeah. details. I appreciated. Um, I'm always looking for book recommendations. So, is there a book that uh, yeah. is valuable to you that you would recommend? Yeah. So the best book
1: that I've ever read, and it changed my mindset in life totally, was Think and Grow Rich. And in case you don't know, it's by Napoleon Hill. It's a pretty. It's a fairly old book, but it, it basically says, you know, once you get the point of this book and what I'm preaching then you can stop reading. And the, you know, the premise is, and I do highly encourage you to read it, is that you you can you can achieve whatever the mind can conceive, you know, and that's, that's why I said that you need to have this vision of what you want to build. Because once you start having these visions and they have to be detailed, then you start taking actionable steps, even subconsciously, you know, you start thinking about it more and you start taking steps to actually get there. And that's what it taught me.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's a great book. Um, time management. I'm, I'm also trying to get some tips yeah. on time management. Is there a tool, a technique, uh, something that you've done, especially since you're juggling so many things, yeah. uh, is there something you would share with us to help us manage our time better? I have been
1: thinking about this the whole quarantine because it's been, I'm sure a lot of listeners too uh, have been facing this. It, it's, it's become increasingly tough while you're at home to become non-distracted. And I've gotten rid of apps on my phone. So I've gotten rid of, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, social media, a lot of it. And by getting rid of that, and by also setting my Amazon Alexa timer to 60 or, or 90 minutes, then you can get, you know, actionable work done within that time frame. Take a 15 to 20 minute break after you get that work done. And then you just keep repeating the this, this cycle over and over again.
0: I love that. Yeah, those are great actionable tips. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah all right john what what's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation we've had about you know in your case, the blendy product from idea to product? What's one thing you want us to take away from the conversation?
1: yeah, so I would say the one thing that you should do and to take away from this is that anyone can do it. I had almost zero dollars to start this, and somehow I ended up at a at a finished product selling it and becoming profitable within six months of launching it. And so if I can do it, then there should be almost, almost no excuse for you to do it. And if you truly believe and you think that you can do it, then it can be so.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that, that's a, you tapped into your resourcefulness and your persistence to just keep at it. Um, yeah. And then that, that's what's uh, so inspiring about it. I think that's, that's the biggest thing that holds people back. Uh, you can have an idea, but are you willing to put in the effort to, to do something about that idea?
1: Yeah. And you have to be you have to be honest with yourself a lot of the time, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, where do you want us to go online to find out more?
1: Yeah, sure. So if you want to if you want to see a a brief uh thing about the story, you can go onto blendyblender.com, and that's where everything pretty much is and uh it's a little bit synopsis of how it started, you know, some pictures and um and all of that and where you can actually purchase the product.
0: Wonderful. Blendy Blender yeah. and Blendy is spelled
1: uh, B L E N D I blender.com. Yeah. Wonderful.
0: Perfect. Great stuff. John, thanks for taking the time to be on yeah. my show, sharing all these details. It's inspirational. And, uh, you know, I, I wish nothing but continued success for you. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Henry. appreciate it.
0: This is Henry Lopez and thanks for listening to this episode of the how business. My guest today again was Jonathan Katz. We release new episodes every Monday morning. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowabusiness.com. Or you can just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 for more information. Thanks for listening. And thanks to our show sponsor, Z Brand all-in-one branding platform to help you grow your small business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information,
1: links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.